Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now, here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I get to be the co-host again because I am joined by... Jamie Stegmaier of Stillmeyer Games. Jamie, always a pleasure to have you with me. Uh, always. Yeah, it's good to be back. And it's... Uh, your 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 listeners may not realize it, but we we just recorded an episode about momentum that may have you may have put it up a, a week or so ago in in real time, but uh, we we started to gather our, our momentum near the end of the episode when we were talking about early birds and and how uh, a few other elements of, of momentum. I would say let's let's just carry over that momentum to keep talking about it here. Yes, because in we were talking about your blog post uh, that you which one number was it. 102, uh, blog post number 102 of Kickstarter Tips? This is tips. Uh, 101, 101, Momentum Breeds Success. Yeah. And, and so we were talking about that momentum. We talked about Early Bird uh, on the last episode. We talked about a little bit of uh, that importance, the, the study that had been done about whether the number of backers or the amount of money that it did. We talked about energy and momentum. But there are some other things that come up with that when people, and I think I saw comments on your blog post about gaming the system, right? Right. So if I guess the idea is if early momentum is so important, couldn't you just email five friends on day one and say, hey, guys, you know, I'd really appreciate if you if you pledge two hundred dollars to my project. You can you can cancel your pledge later, but just put it up there. So day one looks really good. There is a yes. And there. So I won't mention who they are, but last year, the year before, um, there was a company that was doing this. Mm. And the thing is, is with KickTrack, you can spot it. Because if the money significantly goes up, but the backers don't, or the money drops and the backers, you know, more, there's ways to game it, but there are ways to identify that something's not, something's out of the pattern. And in this case, this company was doing it they kind of got called out on it because people were like, hey, on KickTrack, it shows that your money's shooting up, but you actually had a drop in backers. What's going on? They approached KickTrack and said, we want you to pull down our project off of KickTrack. Really? Yes. Well, Jamie, what do you think happened? Because Adam said, okay, and he pulled the project. He, he actually didn't pull it. He just covered it up and said, by request of the project owner, this data is not available. Ah. Uh -huh. So what do you think happened? Um, was that a good move or a bad move? And I smile because the unintended consequences of your actions sometimes aren't what you thought they'd be. Oh, it's called well, the, I, the uh, Streisand effect. It's called the Streisand effect. <laughs> because what happened? What do you think happened? Well, I know from my experience on, on Tuscany, a lot of backers came from KickTrack. So I'm wondering if uh, well, they lost a lot of that. Nice no, promotion. Yeah, no. Actually, quite the opposite. People are like, hey, what are you trying to hide? Ah. Instead of it obscuring that some maybe gaming was going on, it actually called attention to it quite the uh, opposite. Interesting. So then they yeah. had to kind of put their tail between their legs and go back to kick track and say, could you put that data back up? <laughs> because people were just giving them so hard a time. But side point, you can game the system, but there's several problems with it. One, you might – you'll probably noticed because backers are becoming so much more sophisticated. Two, this is the one that I struggle with, you don't know what data is real and what's not. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. 
Yeah, and really, you even if you know the exact amount that those five hypothetical friends contribute, it it's if you if you like if you have a funding goal that actually means something that you actually need to raise that amount of money to make whatever you're trying to make suddenly those numbers are deflated or inflated overinflated and, and you you don't really know what you're aiming for anymore yeah and and somebody could analytically say no on the spreadsheet look i had $500 of extra money pledged at the beginning so i'll just take that $500 money out it doesn't quite work that way because we don't watch the spreadsheet. We watch the numbers and we start to believe – I call it believing your own press releases. You start looking at it going, oh, look how successful I am and you start mm-hmm. to psychologically make decisions based on false information that you created. Right, right. And I, it, it can yeah. really come back to – it is not something that is recommended and it is something that can be spotted if you're not careful. Right. And really, I, for any project creator who might even consider something like that, I, I, it's going to feel so much better to you if real strangers want to support your thing, whatever you're trying to make. Like that's going to be so much better than if you than if you overinflate the numbers. And in the long run, you're engaging real people who actually care about what you care about, and that's going to breed success. That's going to be contagious. That's going to be a lot healthier for the long run in your project. True. Although, Jamie, you're, you're one of the nicest people I have ever met on the planet, okay? But there are Kickstarter backer creators, Kickstarter project creators, who are mm-hmm. simply looking to scam and make a quick buck. Not build a business like you have done. Not build a community like you have done. Not build up a, a trust and a following and, and a respect like you have done. Nope. Get in, smash, and grab. And they're looking for a way to gain the system so that they – they don't have to go build a network because they're going to screw the network anyway. And so that is something to be aware of. And I guess that's not who we're talking to, but we are kind of talking to project backers as well to be aware and to kind of watch for some of those things. Sorry. That's a tangent that I don't want us to get up on, but I realize as you were saying it that I've encountered some people who maybe weren't as – their integrity wasn't as strong in what they were trying to do. And they were just – they were trying to fake it because – Sometimes it's a fake project or it's a fake whatever. Let's not even go there. Well, I would actually – I would say that that's a great point to make for the backers who are listening right now because I think when, when backers pay attention to that sort of thing and when backers maybe do a little bit of research about a project, even though it's not your responsibility, but I think as a whole, Kickstarter becomes a better place when that happens. I agree. So, yeah. I agree. Let's this, – this momentum thing, psychologically speaking, well, this is one of the, the interesting things about Kickstarter is that we all know – if I pledge, doesn't matter how much money I pledge, $10,000 maximum pledge, if your project doesn't fund, I'm not going to get dinged that money, right? <laughs> right. But for some reason, and part of that research that you did in your blog post, we associate ourselves with momentum, with a winner. We back somebody who's going somewhere. Uh, it just, it becomes even, right? Oh, I don't want to back that. And then the, the surge that you get at the end, right, so often, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it is a very interesting phenomenon that goes on inside the human being's head of, I don't want to be associated with a loser. And, and you want to be associated with a winner, yeah. I want to be associated with a winner. So what are some things, um, so we don't take up all our time just rambling here, what are some things that you can do to build up that momentum right out of the gate? Because you've had a lot of success with that. Well, yeah, and I'll... I'll 
I'll back up to my first project, Viticulture, when I really didn't have a f- much of a following or a fan base. I had written a blog for many years, but I, I didn't have many readers on that. But really, my primary focus for the first two days of the project was to send individual emails to every person I knew who would gain some sort of value from the project, whether it was they might get a laugh from the, the project video or they might they might love games. It was a board game project, so they might love games. Or, or maybe they, they're just like the type of aunt and uncle that likes to know what their, what their nephew is doing. And I would, I would try to apply each of those individual emails to those friends and family uh, to get, that, get the project off the ground. So, so you took the time to individualize that invitation to, so that people who showed up did actually care. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, okay. So that, that's one thing you can do. I often tell people, you know, sit down, figure out how much money you've got and try to find 25% pledge beforehand, some kind mm-hmm. of pledge. You know, I attended recently and it was on my, one of my episodes, the She Books one. I attended a Kickstarter launch party. Mm-hmm. And at yeah. this launch party, it was packed. Um, they actually had pledge sheets that when you walked in and signed in, you could make a donation right then. I did ask them, well, how is this going to end up on Kickstarter? And that was kind of like, uh, we're not sure. But what they did allow you to do is actually create a pledge form. You wrote out a pledge form. How much money are you willing to pledge when our Kickstarter campaign launches tomorrow or the next day or, or next week? And then you wrote down your email address, your name, and the amount of money you pledged. On the day that that launched, I got an email from them saying, oh, just as a reminder, you pledged <laughs> that you, you, you know, basically you promised that you would pledge $20. And uh, this is just a reminder that we went live, so please go and pledge. Yeah, I think you had a guest named John Covey that, that talked about, or at least on my blog, he talked about something similar where he reached out to 100 people in advance of his project and he asked each of them to pledge $1 on the first day. And he tried to, it was essentially getting a pledge from them in advance, just like what you talked about. And then he sent them, anyone who signed up, he sent them a reminder on the day of the project to say, hey, the project is live. Thanks so much for, for uh, saying that you would give a dollar today. And he said that not everyone gave, but out of those who did, the vast majority of them pledged to receive the game, not just a dollar. Right. Um, and I thought that was really clever that he kind of, it, it's that foot in the door psychological method of just trying to get that $1 pledge from people, getting some sort of commitment in advance so they're prepared for it, and then following up on that commitment and seeing how they, uh, what they actually pledge. And thanking them or, yes, mm-hmm. so that, yeah. uh, it, it, it's, if you, and if you don't have those, what John has identified, those 100 people. If you can't find 100 people who are willing to give you a dollar and who say, yes, I will do that, then you need to really stop right mm-hmm. then and say, wait a minute. This campaign might not be ready for prime time. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a great, that's a great filter for figuring out if it's ready. Uh, and I like that. It's a great filter. Yeah, if you can, and sometimes it was social media, but now social media is, is not, you know, if you can't get 100 likes on your Facebook page, uh, how come you think you're going to get 100 people? But even that's become difficult now with Facebook and the way it works and and right. Twitter. But if you can't get 100 people to commit to you, to give you a dollar on opening day, then you might want to stop and, and rethink your strategy. Right. So now, let's, oh, yeah, go ahead. So speaking of, so we don't wander down another uh, rabbit hole like we did last time, um, speaking of launches and campaigns and momentum, you have a project, I know you hate talking about yourself, but you have a project that, that you're looking at launching, and yet another Kickstarter project coming up sometime in the future, right? 
Yeah, I do. It's a, uh, it's a, the project that, that, that we've been working on is a, it's not a game, actually. It's our first project that's not a game. It's a, uh, it's a treasure chest. We're calling it a treasure chest of unique, realistic resource tokens that can go in any, any variety of Euro board game. Um, there's a, people who, who maybe are familiar with Euphoria or might have the Kickstarter version of Euphoria have seen kind of versions of what these resources look like. So this I think is like, I sent you a, yeah, yeah, you did. So the gold bars. Yeah, the gold, the brick, um, there's stone. Now that's, uh, for, Euphor- I, that's for Euphoria. Are, are you expanding this to just uh, generic meeples and tokens and things? Yeah, these are generic. Like the in the Euphoria, the gold tokens were stamped with the word gold or the word Euphoria. So the the gold that'll be in the treasure chest will just be a plain gold token that will still look and feel like real gold. There will be clay, uh, stone, and in addition, there will be wood, ore, and gems. Really? Yeah, there isn't any board game that I know of that uses all six of those tokens, but there are lots of Euro board games that use between maybe two and four of those tokens. So my hope is that people will have this, will use this treasure chest to add to any board game that they already have in their collection. It might be able to accent up to 20 or 30 games in their collection. That's kind of cool because I know that the, when p- people get to see the, my copy of Euphoria uh, with those components, what a difference. The weight of those, the weight and value are simply tied together, right? It just feels good. Exactly. Yeah, and that's kind of. I didn't really, you know, I didn't realize the impact that that would have on my gaming experience until I played with those tokens for the first time. And immediately, I was like, I want to, I want to share this with more people. I want to find a way to to share this with people who maybe weren't there for Euphoria, but still kind of covet. Right. Want to have that experience? Yeah. You know, you feel it with dice, right? Yeah, you you've rolled dice, and the way they bounce off the table, ding, 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 ping, ping, and you're like, you know, those are cheap dice. Then you roll dice, and they just like stick to the like, plunk, plunk, plunk. Whoa, <laughs> right. those are some nice dice. Right. Uh, it's just it is so fascinating. Or when you pick up a board game at a game store, and you kind of hold it, and what is it you're doing? You're checking in your head this obscure. Uh, Comparison between weight and value. Mm-hmm. How heavy is it and how much does it cost? Which really shouldn't have any bearing, but it, <laughs> it, it kind of does. So it's very, I think that's going to be cool. So this is your first project. You're going to run it. You said something you're going to run it a little differently than you have in the past. Yeah, for this one, um, I'm probably going to run a very short campaign. This, uh, all my other campaigns have been at least 28 days. And I'm probably looking at maybe a two-week campaign for this one. And a big part of that is actually it ties into what we were talking about, about momentum and, and uh, getting people there on day one. When I ran my Tuscany campaign, a ton of people showed up on day one. We, in the first 24 hours, we raised almost $160,000. Um, and so I think I have a, the people who subscribe to my e-newsletter who, who follow my projects, they, they, a lot of them are going to show up on day one. I don't need to stretch this out over four weeks. What do, you, what do you think about that, Richard? I'm curious. You know, uh, my first three campaigns, my first one was 21 days. My second one was 47 hours. And I think my third one was 11 days. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in the past, it has been something that, yeah, it's just like, okay, how much do I need? I don't want to really spend the time. I've kind of changed my opinion because my next one's probably going to be actually on the longer side. Um, 
So uh, I think in your case, yeah. Um, and to go back to our previous episode, that's kind of an early bird reward. Hey, look, we're only going to run for two weeks. If you don't see it in the two weeks, you'll have to wait until, uh, to get it. So be sure to pay attention. I mean, kind of there's a little urgency there that you're creating. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of how I try to run my campaigns. I try to tr- treat the entire campaign as an early bird and then people can still pre-order the game afterward, but they have sure. to pay more because they weren't there during the campaign. Sure. And really if, when I come back, I'm, I'm sure I'll run a board game campaign maybe in 2014. We'll see, but it will be longer. Um, because for me, a big part of running a Kickstarter campaign is about building that community. Uh, we've talked about that before and that's, but for this resource campaign, pretty much everything that everything is set in stone. Like I already know what the box is going to look at. I know I've, I've spent months trying to perfect what these resources will look like. So it's not really a campaign where I'm going to be, I'll still be engaging backers, but we're not going to be talking about what goes in the box or how it can be tweaked. The product is set. I'm going to engage people hopefully for a short amount of time. um, Yeah. There's not like there's stretch goals and and, and there's not like a whole lot of things that you're going to do to this, right? Yeah, actually, the only stretch goal we're going to do is that for every 100 backers, I'm going to add another token to the box. Oh, all right. Well, cool. So if we get 1,000 backers, then there will be distributed evenly across the six resources. Um, so I'm, I, it's, it's kind of a very streamlined stretch goal, but I think it will compel people. I, I'm hoping it will compel people to, to back it and maybe invite their friends to back it. What do you think about that? I think you're one of the most brilliant Kickstarter uh, project creators I know. So if you think it's a good idea, I'm not going to certainly argue with that. I, I probably, <laughs> I'll agree with you on that one. But well, we'll before we run out of time, I wanted to just mention something that you have done almost as a side project that I think is absolutely brilliant. I don't know how to tell people how to go find it, but it has to do with this Google spreadsheet you've created about upcoming Kickstarter projects in the board game space so that people who are creating a project can see what they're up against and people who want to back projects can actually see what's coming. Yeah, this uh, and you're right. It doesn't have a good link, but it's on it's on StoneMeyerGames.com, and it's listed, if you click on Kickstarter Lessons, it's listed at the very top of that page. And the idea is, like you said, anyone can list a project there, whether you're the creator of a project or you just happen to know that a project is launching on an upcoming date. Um, and it kind of helps... I have it divided by category. So my hope is to prevent the same type of project from launching on the same day or even the same week so that each project can have a little room to breathe. Yeah, you've got it spread out here all the way. What is it? All the way to the end of the year? Yeah. Yeah, and I'll keep adding to it as it goes. And then you've got Euro game, thematic game, micro game, miniatures game, card game, social game, abstract game, war game, children's game, playing card game, game accessories, Automobile parts, um, beauty products. Oh no, that's sorry. That's <laughs> you're like, well, no. Um, so you've got all those set up, Jamie. Who can modify this document? I, I left it open for anybody to modify. Uh, this isn't this isn't a commitment. This isn't uh, this 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 is just open to anyone who wants to show when a project is happening. All right. I, yeah, my, I'm just trying to, I guess, help. And specifically for board games, it's too broad for me to do all Kickstarter categories right now. But I just want to help all these projects have a little bit of room on those first few days when when each project, I think, it deserves a little bit of attention on those days. So to our listeners, if you have a project that you think is coming up before the end of the year and it happens to be a board game, go visit StoneMeyerGames.com. Click on Kickstarter Lessons. Right at the top, you'll see a, a link embedded that says Google Spreadsheet in the 
first paragraph, you'll have to click on it. It'll take you to the Google spreadsheet. I'll put it on my uh, website as well. We'll tweet it out, Facebook it. And if you have a project, be sure to go get it on there so that you can see what you're going to be up against. Jamie, I think it's brilliant. Thanks for doing that. No problem. And even if it's not your own project and you maybe you have a friend who's launched a project, I, I think this is a, a, a tool that's worth sharing with them. Totally. I yeah. totally agree. Uh, it's worth sharing. Uh, yes, totally agree. Hey, we're, we're over time again. Uh, thanks for always for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Richard. It was a blast talking to you. We have been listening to Jamie and I talk about all kinds of things. Momentum, his treasure chest project, this, uh, this spreadsheet on funding the dream. Hopefully you've heard something inspiring and exciting. I know I have. Uh, we will look forward to hearing you next time. Or at least listening to you next time. Whatever, you know what I mean. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye-bye.